Es un asunto en el que la sociedad civil siempre ha jugado un papel fundamental. La sociedad civil. Civil society. The Grassroots View, an EESC podcast. In this edition of The Grassroots View, we look at the relationship between the European Union and Africa. Whether it's climate action, the digital transformation, the investment climate, security threats, or human rights, Africa and the EU share common interests and concerns. And that's why a frank and ongoing dialogue is so important, especially when it comes to civil society stakeholders like the European Economic and Social Committee. With that in mind, our podcast begins with insight from Dimitris Dimitriadis, president of the External Relations section of the committee. The Grassroots View, an EESC podcast. We are very close with the African Civil Society Organization the last uh, 40-50 years, uh, and especially the European Economic and Social Committee. It is easier for us because we are an advisory group, uh, advisory body to the European institutions to have open and close relations with our counterparts in Africa, using as an umbrella the agreements between EU and Africa, and especially the partnership agreements between the two sides. Uh, and we have at least every year two or three meetings together. Uh, on behalf of the European Union, we are the organizers to organize the common meetings between the African counterparts and the European counterparts. So, given your experience, how much influence does Europe really have on Africa? And does it make much difference to either side? The problem with the European Union is that, unfortunately, we are very soft power. We are not a hard power. And that means we spend budget, resources to support not only the society, but the economies, the environment, to support efforts in the African countries. But on the other side, we have aggressive uh, behaviors from other hard powers like China, like Russia in, uh, in Africa, and we lose the, our position in this part of the world. And it is very important for the European Union to be part of this dialogue uh, because we were partners always and we were in Africa in difficult times and we are in Africa under difficult circumstances to support support the African countries. Isn't part of the problem that the EU is always talking to Africa about things like equality or abortion or gender issues or human rights or inclusiveness? Should you keep doing that? Yes, because the committee has exactly this responsibility and obligation to express without any compromise our European values to the world. We don't negotiate our values. Our values is always on the table and always we, pro we promote our values to the world. This is the difference between EU and other hard powers like China or Russia. To be honest, we lose ground. We lose the connections, the networks. But it is a matter of understanding how the European Union will continue and must continue to react. Our values is not negotiable. To finish with, what's the next immediate concrete step in this relationship with African civil society? We will continue to work on that. I will lead a mission to Ivory Coast because 
I will have a meeting with uh, our counterparts in Ivory Coast. And always we participate to their conferences and seminars and summits in Africa because we strongly believe that we must continue this dialogue. Dimitris Dimitriadis there, President for External Relations of the European Economic and Social Committee. I want to bring in Ben Fox now. Ben is a journalist with a focus on EU-Africa relations. I began by asking him about the state of civil society across Africa. It varies. There are some states. I mean, the the African country I know best, Kenya, has an extremely vibrant and well-resourced civil society. It tends to be easier, and I think civil society organisations are more successful in countries where there is a a vibrant press, of which Kenya is one, South Africa is another, Nigeria, um, of the of the big African states. I do think this is something that the European Union and its institutions would do very well to, to support and to work with. We heard what Dimitris was saying about soft power and hard power. Can the European Union compete with other players, like China, for example? And if it can't compete, where's its added value? The European Union budget just does not allow for the kind of huge state underwritten infrastructure spending that China can allocate. The, the EU can't compete, or at least in the current the current budgetary and economic framework, it can't compete on that issue. And where I think the EU should focus is on technical expertise and policy alignment. Can you give me a couple of examples? Defence and security cooperation. This is something that the EU can offer. Unfortunately, as we've seen in the last few months, this gets complicated by Russia and Turkey and the Gulf states offering weapon sales and also similar. Even so, that's one place uh, where the EU has uh, has a good offer. Similarly, finance and technical expertise for preparing Africa for the next pandemic. Uh, for example, healthcare systems, um, investment, but also technical uh, advice and expertise around uh, for medicines agencies and also for the development of uh, pharmaceutical sector and supply chains in Africa. That's something that the EU can do, which probably nobody else can do. Overall, what's the state of play in this relationship? We're not at a partnership of equals, but I think the old colonial attitudes, certainly on the European side, are fading away. And I do think that the kind of the donor-recipient relationship, which is pretty toxic and very inefficient for both sides, Uh, I think that's also waning. We are moving towards a much more productive um, relationship between the two continents. Um, And I think the committee has a very significant role to play in in developing that. Ben Fox there, a journalist on EU-Africa affairs. The Grassroots View, an EESC podcast. Now, Ben was talking about Kenya, and I'm pleased we're joined by Rose Omamo who's General Secretary of the Amalgamated Union of Kenya Metal Workers, one of the country's most prominent trade unions. And as its leader, the first woman to lead the union in its history, it's not surprising that she keeps a keen eye on the way EU-Africa relations are developing. I asked her first about Ben's assertion that Kenya is home to a vibrant civil society. Civil society in Kenya is strong. And uh, civil society in Kenya is the watchdog to the government because uh, 
when the civil society gives their voices towards issues that pertain uh, the citizens, then uh, the government is able to listen to and to take action. So basically, I can say that it is strong and very strong indeed. What's your interaction like with counterparts in Europe on labour issues? I'm a trade unionist, so when it comes to matters that pertain workers, uh, we do the same work. We fight for their rights, articulate uh, their issues, make sure that we give them effective representation as provided for by the law and by the international labour standards. And so I can say it is the same and one, and we work together. For us, it is an injury to one, is an injury to all. And another one is that there is nothing for us without us. So we are a team, we work together, we give the same voices when it comes to uh, human rights and um, workers, uh, defending workers' rights. And that is because uh, trade unions are advocates of social justice. So forever, we advocate for social justice. What are your hopes for the development of this relationship? From my perspective, to take stock, of uh, the gains realized, but also to look at the challenges encountered during the realization of the same and opportunities that lie ahead. So uh, looking at uh, trade unions, I can say that my view is that the trade and investment should promote industrialization and uh, structure transformation of Africa in ways that advance decent work. Thus, uh, looking at the EU-Africa partnership, I would think that it is looking at a deeper trade relationship that offers an opportunity for African countries to address the decent work deficit. So how can the European Economic and Social Committee best contribute to your work and your vision? Europe can support and in developing economic sectors that can transform local economies and uh, deliver economic justice for all. That would be key for me. But also if uh, they can uh, invest in the development of the capacity of African civil society to enhance multi-stakeholders agreements or engagements, uh, implementation and monitoring mechanisms, if they can be put in place, that is really uh, what I would look for. Rose Omamo there, a champion of Kenya's workers in the fight for fairness and social justice. And before her, journalist Ben Fox and EESC President for External Relations, Dimitris Dimitriadis. My thanks to them all for their views on the EU-Africa relationship, warts and all. You can find all our podcasts on the EESC website, eesc.europa.eu, and all the usual podcast platforms. Join us again soon when we'll be back to see things again from the grassroots view.